Welcome in, everyone. It is Big 12 Bets. Happy to be with you. I'm Jeff Parles. I cannot believe we have made it here. The final week of the regular season for college football. Truly, truly a fun year. What a fun year. I've had a blast doing this podcast. If you listen to us all year, we appreciate it. Here on Big 12 Bets, part of the Heartland College Sports Network, heartlandcollegesports.com. Pete Mundo and crew just doing an amazing job as always over there as well. The weekly column is up. The exclusive web bonus bets will be included there. I only had two best bets in Big 12 games this week. It was a tough week. Tough week trying to figure out value in the final seven conference games on the slate this year. But let, let's get into this. Let's do it. And again, if you have not rated, review, subscribe, please, please do so. We'll have a podcast previewing the Big 12 title game. We'll have a bowl podcast as well, at least previewing the big bowls. Uh, we could be seeing Texas in a college football playoff scenario. Uh, we'll also have written columns as well at heartlandcollegesports.com. And also... College basketball as well. Of course, uh, big week, feast week uh, across the board. Uh, you saw Kansas on Tuesday night fall to Marquette in a game that really wasn't even overly competitive. See if the Jayhawks on Wednesday can bounce back against a really good Tennessee team. Uh, and, and more Big 12 action across the board. And we'll be back. We'll be back with some pods through college basketball season as well. Some columns for Big Monday and uh, some weekend columns as well, previewing the big Saturdays in the Big 12. All right, let's do this. Oklahoma, TCU, let's start there. Sooners, 10-point favorite, 63. The total, Oklahoma was very fortunate last week in Provo. Uh, if it wasn't for Getzlav's turnovers, the 100-yard pick six, the fumble that set up Oklahoma's final touchdown, the Sooners would have lost that game as a 24 or 25-point favorite. And, you know, the Sooners have a shot at 10-2 and two this weekend with a win against TCU, and they're favored to do it. I am. I don't know how I would feel as a Sooner fan going into the SEC next year, where, they, yeah, they beat Texas. They, they beat the biggest, the, the biggest rival moving forward. And the biggest rival, period, to the Sooner fans, I would say. They look at Oklahoma State as big brother, or excuse me, as the small brother, with OU being the big brother, as we know. But I am concerned about the future here, especially with Brent Venables coaching it. Moving into the SEC, which, look, I, I know this is a Big 12 podcast. I know people don't want to hear it. We know the difference in the leagues. We know it. And Oklahoma feels like that's going to be a middling team in that league where they could very easily look like what Texas A&M has been since they moved from the Big 12 to the SEC. Now, Dylan Gabriel's expected to play according to Venables. He said that on Tuesday. By the way, we have already won our Dylan Gabriel passing yards over for the year where if BYU loses to Oklahoma State, we go 4-1 and one in our bets with the only loss being the, the wild long shot on KU to win the conference. So bravo to us. Bravo to anyone who tailed that in the uh, in the preseason where KU goes over with ease. Dylan Gabriel goes over his passing yardage with ease. K-State, more wins than TCU, easy. And then if BYU loses, they'll go under the five and a half. Uh, so bravo to us, assuming that goes. Regardless, excellent, excellent, regardless 
uh, over 500 year on that. Uh, but for this individual game, I, I wrote this up in the column. TCU's playing for bowl eligibility. Uh, I will say this. Josh Hoover looks a lot more comfortable over the last few weeks. Now, I don't want to take too much from their beat down of Baylor. Bears are just, as we know, in the midst of this misery of a season. Probably going three and nine, which is pretty astounding for a team that I thought was going to be half decent. But this is, again, this is on Friday. This is an 11 a.m. local kick there in Norman. Final game in the Big 12 for Oklahoma, barring uh, a collapse by Oklahoma State and Texas over the weekend. They're both big favorites. But I have a weird feeling that TCU is going to play this game tight. Now, I'm not sure they're going to have enough to win the game outright. They're plus 320 on the money line at DraftKings. I would not bet that. But the plus 10, I would I would, I would, would take that. Now, you missed the best of it earlier in the week. Maybe this gets back to 10.5 or an 11 by the time this game kicks on Friday. But I would take the points with TCU in this one. It just feels like one of those games where Oklahoma, we've really seen it with OU this year. They've either messed around and game has been closed against teams they're better than, or they have done did what they did to Iowa State and West Virginia and just smoked them. And I think this is more going to be the close game like we saw against Central Florida, like we saw last week against BYU. I, I'm going to take the points with the Horned Frogs here, uh, plus 10 on TCU. All right, let's go to Texas and Texas Tech. This is Friday night. 6.30 local in Austin. Red Raiders. I, I got to give the Red Raiders a, a lot of credit here. And this looked like a completely lost season, and the Red Raiders found a way. Got their, got to win six last week. They'll be in a bowl for another, another year. Three straight wins. Now they've all been my one score. Last week, I thought they were outplayed by Central Florida, but the block BAT ends up being the difference. Against KU after the first quarter, I thought they were outplayed, but they found a way to win. And the TCU game, I thought, was dead even. So I don't know what to make of this Red Raider team. I don't know if this is just a nice stretch where they found a way to win some close games, luck has been on their side, or if this team actually did turn the corner these last three games. Now they go to Texas where, look, we all know what's at stake for the Horns. Texas wins out. They're going to have a real shot at making the college football playoff. Texas loses either of these games. The Big 12 will be playoff list for sure. We know that they are not getting a playoff team with two losses with everything that has transpired around them. I think the Longhorns being rated seventh in the college football playoff rankings that came out on Tuesday was right. I think that was correct. They should be a slot ahead of Alabama because they beat them heads up. And they should be behind Oregon and the undefeated teams because... Oregon's loss, the three-point loss on the road in Washington, was a better loss than the loss Texas had to Oklahoma. Sorry, all the Sooner fans again. This is 12 and a half, 53 and a half is the total. I, I really don't want anything to do with this game. I think that number 13, 12 and a half, obviously big difference if you're taking Texas or regardless of what side you're looking at. If you like Texas Tech, I wouldn't take the 12 and a half. I would see if the 13 comes again. And if it's Texas, you like that, you got to take it now. I just, I can't do it because I'm not sure what type of effort I'm getting out of the horns. Now I expect them to win, but would it shock me if this looks like that TCU game a few weeks ago where they... Only one by three in a game they dominated and messed around. Yeah, this could look like that. Or it could look like last week where they were methodical 
I didn't think they were overly great last week against Iowa State, but they got the job done, one by ten and covered. But this is a very difficult game. We're gonna we're gonna stay out of this. I think that 12 and a half, 13 is right on Texas. All right, let's go to Saturday. Central Florida playing for bull eligibility at home in Orlando against Houston, where look, uh, I, I'll say this with the Cougars. Uh, they ended up ended up not being the worst team in the league because both Baylor and Cincinnati, I, I think, ended up being worse. Uh, they Houston was very competitive last week. They're ahead at halftime, and then got outscored twenty four to seven in the second half. And Dana Holgerson's not going anywhere for now. But long term, he's clearly not the guy you want in that program. And I look, I don't see Houston getting rid of Dana. I don't see that happening. But another season like this, where Houston was pretty much overwhelmed, the only conference game they won was, the only two conference games they won were an overtime game against Baylor and then the Miracle Hail Mary game against West Virginia. Not good enough. Not good enough. And for an athletic program that is spending a ton of money, has one of the best basketball programs in the country, and it's only going to get better after a few years in this unbelievable league in hoops, as we know. I don't know if settling for four, five, six wins is going to be good enough down there. Now, for this one, Central Florida, of course, last week had a shot to get bowl eligible. They lose by a point in Lubbock. Not much of a shock that they regressed after their destruction of Oklahoma State the week before the 45-3 game. Now they're home. This is a huge line. 13 and a half. Wouldn't be shocked if we see this touch. 14, 61 and a half the total. I want absolutely nothing to do with the side. If you wanted to take this game over, I don't have a problem with that. The one concern that I have is, is Houston going to give you enough offense to get this game over to 61 and a half? Houston probably needs to be in the high 20s in order to definitely get this thing over. If Houston's in the high 20s, you're there. Because I, I do see Central Florida getting into the low 40s. A 42-28 game makes a whole lot of sense, and you're there pretty easily. 35-28 also gets you there as well with a Houston cover. Now, we've talked about Central Florida on this pod. I, to me, when you look at the records in this conference, Central Florida going 6-6 six and six with a win on Saturday and a 3-6 and six in the conference that team was better than their record showed. If Plumlee could have stayed healthy, they definitely don't lose that Baylor game. They might have even pulled out that K-State game. So, and they, look, that last week was a flip. It feels like of all these newcomers, of the, of the four newcomers, Cincinnati, Houston, Central Florida, and BYU. Central Florida is going to be the only one that makes a bowl. And they seem like, to me, the one that at least in their current form with their for, cur, current coach have the best chance of succeeding long-term. Now, I don't I don't love Malzahn. I, I think he's fine. But in comparison to the other three where I think Satterfield, all you needed to know about Satterfield was how Louisville fans reacted when he left on his own to go to Cincinnati and what's happened there this year. They upgraded in a huge way from losing Satterfield to Cincy and getting Brom from Purdue. Houston, again, I already said my thoughts. I, I don't think Dane is there long-term. I don't think he's good enough. Sataki at BYU, clearly not a good enough coach for this level. 
And the fact that BYU is going to go from four and two to no bowl. Now, I don't think he gets canned. I think they can hide behind the fact that Slovis was not as good and they whiffed on him. But one more year like this with BYU missing a bowl, I don't see how Sataki survives that. So Central Florida, again, it's been a miserable year for the newcomers. And I don't think it's going to be like that next year with the teams coming from the Pac-12, where, again, higher quality of play in the Pac-12 than the American, obviously. And Utah comes in. Kyle Whittingham legitimately could be the best coach in the league. Arizona, one of the most improved teams throughout this season, have a chance at nine wins with a win on Sunday against Arizona State. Sun Devils, I like Kenny Dillingham. This was really a rebuild this year for the Sun Devils. And then Colorado, who knows what we're getting out of the buffs? Who knows? I assume Prime will still be there, but who knows? Who knows? That They, they uh, obviously got much worse as the year went along. All right, let's keep this rolling. BYU on the road, speaking of the newcomers, against Oklahoma State. Cowboys need a win. If they win, they go to Arlington to take on Texas next week. 17-point favorites, 56 the total. I, uh, I I stayed out of this one. I'm not really interested in laying that many points with Oklahoma State, but I'm really not interested in taking points with BYU away from Provo. BYU has been much better at home covering numbers. Much, much better. Now, on the road, okay, here's what they've done on the road in conference play. They did not cover against Kansas. They did not cover against Texas. They did not cover against West Virginia. Okay? Lost by 11 to KU. Lost by 29 to Texas. Lost by 30 to West Virginia. Now, I really, I really don't want to lay 17 with Oklahoma State, though. Even though the evidence does say, all right, this is probably okay to lay. 56 and 17 is also a pretty low total for that big of a number. But this is the scenario for Oklahoma State, as we know. If they make the Big 12 title game, this is far and even even if they somehow blow this game on, on Saturday. What an amazing job by Mike Gundy this year. In a year where they get blasted at home by South Alabama. In a year where the first month of the season, they had no quarterback play. And here they are with a win-and-in scenario, the final week of the Big 12 season, to get themselves into the conference championship game against a Texas team that, look, I, I'm not saying Texas will lose to Oklahoma State, but you know what? The Pokes are alive in that game because Texas doesn't dominate anyone, basically. And also, too, we'll get to K-State later. That's the team that I think is going to be poking themselves as, hey, this was a missed opportunity to get ourselves to Arlington more than anyone. No play on this one. I think that's right, 17 with the Pokes at home against BYU. All right, we won't take long on this one. West Virginia goes to Waco, 9.5 point favorites on the road, 55 the total. Regardless, West Virginia, I expect them to win this game. The Mountaineers are really the line of, hey, were you any good or were you not any good this year in this league? Where West Virginia's conference losses were to Houston, I was an accident more than anything, and then the two Oklahoma teams. Okay. They handled their business every other way. And for Neil Brown, who came into this year with a very hot seat, job well done. You deserve to keep your job in Morgantown.
And for West Virginia, eight wins is a heck of a year. What a year this is. A good bowl game more likely than not coming. Bravo to the Mountaineers. There's nothing bettable in this game, though. Nine and a half and a total of 55. Uh, and for Baylor, look, I just uh, we talk about burn the tape games. This is a burn the tape year. I, I'm really stunned at how bad this team ended up being. And for Dave Aranda, a lot of question marks moving forward, especially with if he is the long-term answer there in Waco. I don't think Baylor's an easy job. Really don't. Makes what Matt Rule there. There's obviously with everything that happened before Matt Rule got there, his job there was amazing. And on the basketball side, same deal with Scott Drew. But uh, I, I don't have anything on this game. A nine and a half, I think, is right on West Virginia. All right, Kansas and Cincinnati, the other best bet of the week. KU on the road here, only laying six against the Bearcats. We're going to lay it with Kansas. Now, I, we don't know who's playing quarterback yet. We don't know if it's going to be Bean or Ballard for KU. Kansas played well enough to win that game last week against Kansas State. They played more than well enough to win that game. Kansas State's just a really good football team and made more plays in that game to get it done. And for Kansas, you know, I'm not going to say it's a disappointment what we've seen in conference play from them. Because this is a program that's taken so many leaps forward over the last few years. They have one more win with seven or seven and four. If they win this game, they go five and four in conference. They end up eight and four overall. You take that every time. But the games they lost, other than the Texas game, were all winnable games this year. They were ahead in the fourth quarter in Stillwater against Oklahoma State. They were... Better than Texas Tech after the first quarter two weeks ago. And then last week, that was as good of a shot as they had to be K-State in a very long time. Just flip those close games, and this could have been a team that made it to Arlington. And they got through Jalen Daniels' back injury, now being hurt. I, I actually like what I've seen from Ballard as a true freshman. The future is bright, assuming Lance Leipold doesn't take the Michigan State job. He's not getting a Texas A&M job. I know there's some reports about with that. A&M is not hiring Lance Leipold or Chris Kleiman because even though those guys are great coaches, Texas A&M is stupid enough to not to think, hey, they're not splashy enough, even though they're both amazing football coaches. Michigan State's the one that would concern me if I were a KU fan of possibly losing Leipold. But this one here, look, they're just a much better football team than Cincinnati. And we're only laying six on the road. I think this should be north of seven, regardless of who's playing quarterback for Kansas. So we're going to lay the seven with KU. Very happy to do that here in this one. All right. Last game of the regular season. Kansas State hosting Iowa State. Ten-point favorites. The Wildcats are at home. 46 the total. Both of these teams are going bowling. Kansas State with a chance to close out a nine-win season with a win. Another really good year for Chris Kleiman in Manhattan. And for them, this is, I also think will be a what-if season for the Wildcats, where their three losses, overtime to Texas, that horrible loss at the time as a big road favorite in Stillwater, and then losing on the SEC record, field goal from Harrison Mevis in Columbia, Missouri. This is a really good football team. And quite frankly, they were the second best team in the conference this year. 
the Wildcats. They were better than OU. I know they lost straight up against Oklahoma State. They're better than the Pokes. And if they got a second crack at Texas, which they could conceivably do. Remember, if K-State wins, Oklahoma and Oklahoma State both lose. Kansas State goes to Arlington next week. And quite frankly, if we end up with Texas, Kansas State, I am definitely betting Kansas State. But we're not going to because Oklahoma State's not losing at home uh, this week. They're not losing at home to BYU. It's not happening. For Iowa State, we've talked about them a lot this this year on this pod. With all everything that's happened to them, a six and six seasons, totally fine. You get to a bowl in a year where you lose a game to a MAC team, in a in a year where early on this team looked totally overwhelmed. Rocco Beck has improved as the year has gone along. All things considered, you take this year if you're an Iowa State fan. And Matt Campbell's not going anywhere. Now, this game is a hard one. I think 10 is, it, it, it may be a little heavy. But we have also seen Iowa State on the road against the better teams in this league really struggle. And for Kansas State, Kansas State had just been destroying people at home. I mean, <laughs> here's Kansas State at home this year. You ready, guys? Here are, their, here are their games, okay? They beat SEMO 45-0. They beat Troy 42-13. All right. So that was two beatdowns. 44-31, which was their closest game at home this year against Central Florida. And then after that, 41-3 against TCU, 41-0 against Houston, 59-25 against Baylor. Now, I know they haven't played a good, they really haven't played a good team at home this year. And Iowa State has an argument to be the best team they've played in Manhattan this year. But it would not shock me if K-State comes out, tries to prove a point here, especially if the results earlier in the day go their way. So, but we're going to stay off of this. 46 may be too low of a total as well. That might be the better way to go. Take the over at 46 on K-State and Iowa State. All right. Those are all the games. That's the regular season in the Big 12. We'll be back next week. More likely than not, a Texas and Oklahoma State showdown in Arlington. But hey, it still could be one of four. Oklahoma, K-State could still get there. We could really get some carnage if we get a big upset in Austin on Friday with Texas Tech pulling it out right against Texas. But I don't see that happening. We could get some real carnage, though. It could be a lot of fun uh, if Texas were to lose that game. I'm Jeff Parles. This has been Big 12 Bets with Heartland College Sports Network. Good luck on your plays, and happy Thanksgiving, everyone.